Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the Mike Armstrong podcast show and uh, this afternoon I'm joined by Paul Rees who's from Accolade Executive Business Coaching and we're going to have a little chat about business and, and just life in general. How are you doing today Paul, you okay? Yeah, it's been a good day man, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a really interesting day and you know when the sun is shining it's always a good day. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I've learned to not to not to get too dependent on the weather for my feelings these days because uh, you know, living in Wales, uh, you know, you can't you can't build yourself up. But I, if if the sun is shining, you always feel good, and if the sun is not shining, then you have to make yourself feel good anyway because that's the norm. <laughs> so true, so true. But I'm a big fan of all the seasons. You know, I like I like the rain because it gives us green. I like the snow because it gives us. You know, something something different to visualize on. I I like the wind. It's got character. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of all the seasons. I've I've been to many parts of the world where they don't have seasons, and I tell you what, it's not the same. It's no, not the same. No, no, I get that, and especially when it's sunny all the time, sun loses its impact then. So at least we appreciate it when it's sunny. But I'm a sun worshiper myself. I just wish it was sunny every day. But uh, in my world, anyway, in my head, it is sunny every day. Uh, the usual place I uh, the usual place I start with these uh, chats is about lockdown because it's always uh, one of the big things of the of the time. Um, yeah. So how has lockdown been for you, and have you done any pivoting in your business during that time? Well, you know, it is one of my favourite subjects right now because uh, it's boring. A lot of people are fed up in talking about you know COVID and post COVID and things, but um, I'm going to say that uh, I'll answer that in two ways. The first way is it has probably been the best shift in business in decades. Um, you know, we were, the whole business world was stuffed in a very repeated way of doing business, which is work, you know, a thousand hours a week. This is what you should be doing. And, and really not utilizing the technology that I mean you have here, the amount of clients that I've worked with that have never used Zoom, which is insane. Zoom, Skype, and all the other stuff. So in that sense, the disruption that's created is going to remove the library of information that we've got from post-COVID, uh, pre-COVID, and now replace with a new way of doing business, you know, in this new era of, of, um, of the world being as much, it was a small place anyway, but the world is on a pinhead right now. And I love it. I love it. And, um, you know, the sad part is there's going to be a lot of grieving business owners and a lot of grieving businesses that are that are that want to go back to post uh, pre-COVID, and then it's going to be and the, and those who thrive will really appreciate the change now and how we got to pivot, as you say. You know, going going into um, COVID, man, my business was pulled out the wall overnight. Uh, although 95% of my work is remote anyway, we do nothing face to face as such. Um, but still, financial, the financial runways of businesses, being that we are, you know, a large part of our work is US, um, everybody kind of put everything on hold. And um, we were lucky, of course, you, we had a lot of help from the government in, in the UK. So that helped us a lot to sustain our runway. Um, but I think, um, I think what we decided was that we wanted to become more, I think, um, connected to our clients coming post-COVID. So we decided to switch the whole business where we become in partners with our clients rather than be a, an invoice to our clients. So effectively what we've done is we're creating a, a new package or involved in that new package already where it's a small retainer, but we actually focus on the percentage of profits at the end of the year as a business owner or a partner, a shareholder. And then that's how we get our, our effectively get our invoice paid. So 
Now we have to make that that part that business make money, or we don't get paid. So it's it's a whole different process, and that way we find that um, we be, it becomes more personal. We're more involved, and we have more of, of um, an emotional investment into business as well as, of course, um, financial investment. So for us, Mike, you know that that approach has really transformed our business in a new direction. And again, um, the COVID, the whole COVID thing has been one hand, you know, one one side of the hand, man, what what a what a nuisance. The other side of the hand is, thank goodness it happened. In the business way, I don't mean the grieving part of the country where people lost, you know, relatives and friends. You know, we know all about that. But on a business sense, I was only talking to. Um, I did an interview this morning with Lara um, Lara Morgan, one of our. You know, very established millionaires in this country business, and she shared the same thoughts. It's the best disruption the global business community has had in decades. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore, really, because um, lockdown for me has been great. Luckily, I've not been touched or impacted by anyone at all that I know that have, you know, had, had the worst consequences of COVID, if you like. Um, I have been caring for my uh, dad and his girlfriend for uh, all the time since lockdown because they're uh, shielding. So I've got my own, you know, impact, if you like. But for me, I'm, I, I was living the, the, the life of COVID, the lockdown, before for the last eight years anyway, working from home, you know, using all technology and utilising that whenever I can and all of that. And my job as a sales and marketing consultant advisor and a business growth consultant advisor was trying to get people to get online and use technology in a much better way, if you like. And, and COVID come along and did a much better job than I could. And then it leaves people on much quicker, like you know what I mean. They they did the job for me. I couldn't do it. You know what I mean. I was I was uh, dragging people, you know, kicking and street, uh, screaming, you know, into the twenty first century. And COVID just forced them in, like you know. And there's like, oh, happy days. Now I can work with them because they all start to do online stuff and podcasting and YouTubing and social media and all the stuff I've been trying to convert people to do for years. It's like all of a sudden they're doing it all. It's like, oh, thank you, thank you from the gods, like you know. And yeah, I mean, what what I love about it is that everybody's migrated. Oh, the large populations migrated into Zoom, and we were we were for many years suffering through Skype um, because uh, everybody they knew Skype but didn't know Zoom, yeah. and so our business people all the same through Skype. But now everybody's done that switch, and Zoom, you know, have really upped their game. I mean, they have upped their game. They have kept up. Bless them. They had a you know it was a fair job. Yeah, and they, I, they had a wonky bit in the beginning, but. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, but I believe what's going to happen is over the next six to twelve months, we these uh, Zoom calls where we are doing this sit-down um, operation together will become what will be considered a very lazy Zoom call. I believe people are going to be start to be really artistic in their Zoom culture, and we're going to see some amazing. Um, I'm going to say setups. It's not just going to be the one camera. We have a film room here. What we've always we have a, our middle office is purely for filming on Zoom. So we have like two or three cameras set up in there anyway, and you know, the, and all the digital equipment, digital boards, and things. And I believe that's going to really in, sort of migrate into people's imagination. And the Zoom call is going to be an active Zoom call, not a sit-down passive thing like people are doing all the time. Yeah. And utilize it better, especially like you know. When, when you go networking, people are still not utilizing the, the biggest opportunity with Zoom yet, where you could do, you know, the a chance. really... The chance, the one-on-one -on -one is, is good with, with, with the Zoom. 
Yeah. Networking events. I've started doing that, but you don't get a lot of people doing it. But if you have those follow-up calls during the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do quite a lot. I book, I book, I book a lot of my podcast meetings. I think I might have even booked the one with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or I got your mobile number and then sent you through to, 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 to follow up. But I think, yeah, getting people educated on how to utilize the chat while they're doing the calls in, with multiple people. Obviously, when you're one on one, you don't necessarily need the chat. But also, things like the background, the branding. I'm going to be coming up with uh, branding boards, you know, so people can sponsor the, the, the video content that goes out. So I've already thought of that. So I think you're right. I think you're 100% on it. Like, you know, you're right with what's going to be going on. And also, yeah. that actually, I think there's going to be some challenges to the Zoom empire. Yeah, they, they, I mean, there has to be because people are, are going to want to stretch what Zoom can do. You know, we, it, you know, you can create your group rooms and things like this now where you can share people up. But that's just not enough to what people are going to be looking for. And, you know, we use, like, we've got a split screen here, but I split the screen again because I have... Um, I have a whiteboard on me, so you have several cameras and things. But I think that people are going to be almost creating their own kind of tours on Zoom whilst doing Zoom calls. You're going to see movement going in the background. You're going to see the business. You're going to see drop downs. You're going to see text. You're going to see, you know, images, you know, just like a PowerPoint going behind you. You know, why not? You know, when you're going to two-minute networking call, why are you using your two minutes to talk when you can talk and throw some really imaginative, you know, full-screen images at people by saying to the, you know, the, the Zoom leader, share my screen for two minutes. I've got something to show everybody. You know, and in that two minutes is powerful message because when you, this, this way of communicating is so passive. We sit down to relax. Then we're open to gain energy to talk. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's a contradiction. It's like trying to keep it, you know, it's like, I know, making a book waterproof. It's not possible, you know, and that's why I think Zoom is going to completely change over the next 12 months where it'll become a very active call, not a sit down passive call. And that's what's needed. You know, my, my job is like your, our job here is to, is to give each other energy, give yeah. each other the best of who we are. What are our bragging rights? You know, I, poor backdrop because that's my office but I, but I, 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 know I don't want it to be digital I want something real behind me so what am I giving you what's the best of me that's what zoom is that's what's going to change in zoom with some really imaginative ideas over the next 12 months yeah well I think uh, creativity definitely uh, always impacts you know that's the reason I, you know I've got a I've got about five no probably not 500 probably about 200 different backgrounds which I can choose from for my interviews because I'm very conscious of um, you know, being different and standing out. So that's one, one reason why I use a background because I'm from a marketing background. I, I understand marketing and, and standing yeah. out. It's the reason why I use pink, by the way, as well, because pink's a color that stands out. Um, but also uh, I've got a range of them. So, so, you know, when you've got a YouTube channel, you've got loads of videos, you don't want them all to look the same. So, so I, you know, obviously I interview different people and I have different backgrounds. And I think that's the start of what you say, you know, the start of that creativity. It's just the same as like with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all these sort of places. They all started off with, with very little content and little creativity, but they've all developed into, you know, worlds of, of, of mass content. And TikTok's doing the same now, you know, it's, uh, it's developing and growing on and going in different directions. And that's... As, as people get more creative and the functionality becomes um, bigger. I think one they're probably sticking to Zoom is what they started doing with the FaceTimes with all those funny faces and the emotives and that'll probably all go in there as well. So you can, you know, 
at the moment I think you can you can just clap somebody, but soon there'll be the fuller range of emotions, and you know that's that's probably the a direction it'll go in. Yeah, and I think it it there'll be, I think you know if we look at you know um, the the idea of Zoom, um, you know the the new the new smoking is actually sitting. So they're saying that sitting down is now the new smoking in business. In effect, that's how unhealthy it is for you. So Zoom is going to have to, you know, introduce a, a method or a methodology that's going to get people out of the chair and become active on a Zoom call where there's, where there's movement. And that's going to be a big thing, you know, because Zoom has got to, you know, it doesn't want to be branded as being an, an unhealthy, um, you know, piece of software to use where you sit down hour after hour after hour. So Zoom is going to have to put something in place and say, okay, guys, we can get you up. We've now got this facility where you can move around. It'll follow you, whatever it may be, but there's going to be some kind of, of change where yeah. I get out of my chair and as I move, Zoom moves with me. And I can yeah, Like the Facebook thing, isn't it? It's that Facebook app which they stick in the room and it follows you around the room and that's that was designed to allow people, families, if you like, and you know, so like the grandkids could dance in front of their parents or whatever, rather than, you know, it, it being a static uh, Zoom. So I think, I think that's already there, if you like, and I think, you know, it's where the Facebook beats Zoom to take over that space, or whether Zoom adapts that functionality to compete with Facebook. It's, it's who, you know, it's, it's, it's that interesting battle at the moment of, you know, who, who's the strongest will survive sort of thing, like, you know. And, and, you know, if we go back to where we were originally with the conversation, which is for the likes of myself, you know, who was a remote business, yourself was a remote business. This is like, man, this is great news, you know? I mean, as you say, COVID has done it all for us. It's forced the companies to improve on the very thing that we rely on. And that's, you know, a remote business, a remote client. I don't want anybody coming into my office. I, I have no interest. Don't put networking back face to face again. No. I thrive on networking being on on Zoom. I don't want to spend two hours driving somewhere for a two minute uh, elevator pitch to drive back after some stodgy breakfast. I, I, I don't mind doing that because I like to go for a beer with people after. So uh, you know, and I'll still I'll still be doing that. But uh, yeah, you know, from an efficiency point of view, I've gone from doing two real world networking events a week to doing eight virtual ones a week, like you know. Come on, isn't it? You know, this is why it's 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 a healthier environment now where yeah. we're actually more lifestyle. Where you know a business is designed to give you lifestyle and, and financial independence. And now it's given you the time to do that. We don't have, you know, I was only talk, say, talking to Lara Morgan this morning. I said, maybe we should put a, a goal in and say, okay, so for the next 12 months, we say to the world, a business day is no longer 12, 14 hours. You're only allowed six hours in a business day. And I bet you... That'd be great. The whole world would be much happier. But I bet they'll still make it. I bet it won't affect their performance. I've been a massive fan for a long time of the four-day week. The three-day weekend. I just I think five and two is a poor ratio. It's not a good ratio. I'm a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. Yeah, and I and I would still work. I work. I work seven days a week at the moment, like you know. But I work in when I want to. Just like you know, I, I don't want to sit down on zooms all day. So at some point, if I got an hour window, I go out on my bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm working and I'm living at the same time. It's blended. Yeah. But I, w I want the opportunity to, to, to extend my weekend and have three days off if I want to, even though I will work all of the time. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. But I just think for the majority of people, most people, like 
Monday morning could be scrapped. Friday afternoon could be scrapped in most businesses. Yeah, they're non-productive. Yeah, so get rid of them. You know, Absolutely. you got your four days then. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, Where you gone? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. I, I'm still here. You lost me, have you? There I'm on. Yeah, here I am. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. So, so yeah, I, I personally believe, as somebody who used to run sales teams, I knew my sales team wouldn't sell anything on a Monday morning, and they wouldn't sell much on a Friday afternoon unless it was end of month, and then they would have to sell on a Friday afternoon. But most of the time, they want to go to the pub at three o'clock. They're already there in their brain. You know what I mean? So, so you're paying them for extra hours. They're not doing anything anyway. So just condense it into four weeks. Give them the same amount of targets. Give them the extra day off. They'll be less burnt out and, and better longer term. And nothing, you know, everyone will be happier and the world will be more productive. That's my, my own personal view. You know, Mike, you're, you're absolutely right, you know, because I've worked with, with clients where, you know, because soft skills, of course, is my power ingredient. That's what our business is. We focus on soft skills. We design and build formulas into businesses with people that, um, that create what we call an edge of brilliance efficiency. So effectively... We've watched so many business, you know, create a 12-hour day in an eight-hour day. Effectively getting 12 hours and eight hours in an eight-hour day out of those individuals for this reason that you're saying, you know, look after them, understand the, the dips and the efficient hours of the day, of the week, and focus on that. And, and you know, those businesses have increased profitability in four days over a six-day week, you know. It's doable. It so is. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, um, I, I, I say to people, like, why, why employ somebody who's like, um, like a, a kid, right, straight out of school to do your social media or your marketing or whatever, right, when you're paying them, like, say, £10 an hour, yeah, but they'll take eight hours to do what I can do in one hour? <laughs> yeah, it's false economy, like, you know, because it's all about uh, clever systems and processes. So you can pay me an hourly rate. It's probably four or five times their hourly rate, yeah, but I'll get it done in an hour, and they're going to take eight hours. So actually, you're paying a £10 an hour, you're paying them 80 quid, and you're paying yeah. me, say, £40 an hour, you know, you're saving yourself 40 quid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. People will do it all the time. You know, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why someone takes somebody on who's so inexperienced. It takes forever. Like, I taught one of my customers um, how to update events on their website, WordPress, and they started doing it themselves, and they took an hour to do while they were paying someone full-time, and that's all they did. There's load events on their website, but you know, it's just because she was a technophobe, she didn't know how to load the events on herself. So I taught her, and then she was able to free up 15 grand a year and, and have the event done in just an hour of her time, right? You know, and uh, you know, I had an example of that this morning because um, I was, I got a, a friend who have shown me how to get into my, my LinkedIn um, sales navigator and actually create campaigns in there. And I've just saved myself what was two thousand pounds a month before COVID. You know, and money that I didn't have, that I was getting nothing for. And it's like, wow, that's such a simple process. And, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of the problem out there is that um, people are afraid to educate themselves also. Yeah. I think that's a big thing is that people are afraid of, of free to educate themselves uh, on what are the, the easier things, you know, or afraid to, um, to um, dish out. And have those who are incredibly, you know, experienced and professional at doing it in order to cover those, those parts of the business for them. A lot of people are afraid to, to delegate. You know, that's yeah. a big problem in business also. And I often found that people, when people are employing people that are a, a um, let's say, a low-intensity profit 
to that business. So they seek value doesn't actually bring anything in. That's usually because the business owner is in the same place themselves. Yeah. 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 Well, fear stops a lot of people doing all sorts of stuff. It's the reason why I, I'm able to usually excel against most people is because I don't have fear. And I'm a lifelong learner and I don't have fear, you know, to me, I would never, like so many people, like you say, they, they won't take somebody on because they're in fear that that person's going to overtake them or whatever. Whereas, you know, to me, the way I look at it is, well, if somebody overtakes me, they overtake me. But if, if I need them to help me to grow, then, then I'm going to use them. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I'm, just, I'm, I'm lucky, if you like, I've, I've been blessed of not having too much fear in, 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 in you know, I say I've never really been frightened of anything, and there's only one thing that like, that makes me a little bit nervous. That's claustrophobia. Other than that, I've never been frightened of anything in my life, like you know. And I think sometimes you've got to, like some people are frightened to make mistakes. You know, well, you know, mistakes are just lessons unless you make it twice, and then you haven't learned the lesson, and it's a mistake. You know, <laughs> so, so so that's the way I look at it. So every every mistake you make the first time is just a it's just a lesson, like you know. And, and ultimately, you shouldn't make it the second time if you learned the lesson, if you, if you understood why, why you made that mistake. And, yeah. and, and to me, life is about learning. I've been lifelong learning all my life. You know, I, I, I remember when the internet first started, I used to ask Jeeves, and now I ask Google for anything I don't know. I ask yeah. it. I get people, they contact me, and they ask me certain things, and I don't know. And I just go, why, why haven't you just Googled it? Like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. that mentality. Like, you know, some people just don't know how to improve themselves or make themselves better. But... You know, I've constantly learned all my life and I think that's why now I, I coach and I mentor and I teach and stuff because, you know, what I, uh, what, I what, what most people who learn a lot through their life realise is, is that they're much better off by knowing all of that stuff than they were before they did, didn't know it. So why not share it to other people and let them know it and benefit from it too? Isn't it crazy though that that button is missing in us that we are actually better off by knowing it and, we, and then until we know it we didn't realize we were better off it's like how come we weren't born with that sixth sense yeah. so we were but, but our parents removed it from us I mean who knows who knows yeah well I was listening to I listened to a lot of audio word books on, on, on YouTube you know mm -hmm. And podcasts and stuff, and I was listening to one. I think it might be Grant Cardone or maybe Brian Tracy. I don't always do one whole one. I'll, I'll flick in and out of different ones and back in and stuff. Yeah, because that's the way I, I like to, to do it. Like you know, and uh, and anyway, he was saying out of all animals, um, human beings are the only ones who don't always grow to their full potential. You know, most animals will, will grow to the level that they um, are capable of. So trees will keep growing until they can't grow anymore and, and whatever. But the, the majority of human beings, I think it was Brian Tracy actually, majority of human beings stop way below their potential, way below where they're capable of growing to. And, uh, and to me, that's a shame. Like, you know, if you're capable of so much more, then why not push for it? Like, you know? It is, it is you're right. It is, it is a shame. And, um, and I believe also that, you know, a lot of us, especially in the world of business, not using a fraction of our, um, our intelligence or our intelligence ability. You know, we are so, we're so caught up in being loyal to past disappointments, which is restricting, you know, forward decisions that um, we're, we're not utilizing the, the most, I'm going to say, um, organic of ingredients like, you know, our ability to uh, the power of meditation. You know, uh, you know, in business, it's only now business people are realizing how important it is to meditate on a, you know, on a daily basis. Use your mantras. Your mantras are massively important because that is your, your, your subconscious workout every day using your mantras. 
you know, and, and these things. And gratitude and all that as well. And, and, and writing down your goals and goal setting and visualizing your goals and t tying emotion into it as well so that you get the body wanting to follow what the mind wants to do. Absolutely. You're so right. You know, and, uh, you know, I fill in my vision. I fill in my vision form every night, five days a week. I meditate five days a week. And I also do my, my mantras every day. And, and they, they're no longer something I have to consciously think about. They're a big part of my life. Myself and my business partner, I'm wife, Deborah. We spent an hour and a half meeting this week, fine tuning our mantra for the next 120 days. You know, and that, that's hugely important. And this isn't something that, you know, I made up. I learned this from the, my coaches, my mentors, and the people that I, you know, were lucky enough to shake hands with who are, who are hugely successful in their field and in their life. Yeah. And, and I mean that they are, they are substantially rich, my Mike, you know, I mean, you yeah. don't have to be rich to be successful. No, no, success is, is whatever you want out of life. And if you want a great, you know, work-life balance or you want great health or fitness or whatever, then success is whatever you want, like, you know. Yeah. But um, I, I'm lucky as well. Uh, um, I, I've always had a, a winner's mentality and to win, you want to learn off the best. And so, like, when I started my personal development journey, I, I thought, well, I might as well listen to the best people on the planet. And that's why I love Interbiz for bringing some of the, the best people on the planet to, to their masterclass events. And, you know, I've listened to, uh, you know, the best, you know, the best people in their field, you know. And, and, and that, that, you know, if you want to be the best, you've got to learn off the best, haven't you, you know? Uh, it is, like I say, and it's great now because there's no, there's no boundaries either. And, you know, people were afraid to to learn for lots of reasons, academic, you know, weaknesses and things. I have a huge academic weakness. I'm dyslexic. So for me, school was a difficult time, you know. Um, so, but now you, you've got so much audio out there and so much visual because of YouTube and, and the audio. And now learning has become so easy to where it was. And there's no given mindset that's out of reach of learning anymore. No, and I, I, I was academic, but I, I, I got too much energy to sit down and read a book, you know, but I listen to audio constantly, you know, when I'm out on my bike, I'm listening to audio. When I'm in the car, I'm listening to audio. If I'm cooking in the kitchen, I got audio, you know what I mean? There's no excuse for people not to get information that's going to improve their life into their head in order for them to then write it down on paper and create action points and goals towards achieving it. There's no excuse. I'm, I'm loving about this this time with you is that you know we've we've headed down this road where we're looking at education and we're looking at development and you know over the next 10 years and i've said this many times and you would have heard this is that soft skills is going to be the new currency in business and that is all about self-development but self-development in a way where you understand the people that are buying from you, working with you, loving you, caring for you, you are caring for, you know, you know, we all know that, you know, a success in a business starts at home first and then becomes successful in a business because it's all about the person. So, you know, again, when you look at the soft skills, we look at the Brian Tracy's of the world, amazing professors in soft skills. That's what he is. But he's taken that soft skill into, then we could say a very logic subject matter sales. The sales, are, it's, logic is what sales are, but it's the, it's the quality, the soft skills of the person that makes our sales so fantastic and sometimes so mind-blowing. You know, people struggle with sales because, you know, picking up that phone is like chewing on glass. Yeah. I, I hate it. 
But that's because they're doing something they don't believe in, usually. Most people are doing something they don't believe in, which is if you listen to Dr. John D. Martini, who's on interviews tonight, you know, I, I was a bit, I've never been a fan of motivation. I motivate other people. I've never needed motivation because I've always been doing what I wanted to do. So I wake up motivated. And actually, if most people are doing what they want to be doing, there's no need for the motivation sector. It's just, mm. you know, because, because once your values and your ambitions and your goals are in line with, with, with what you're doing, then you just wake up positive every day. But there's so many people out there not doing that. And that's why the whole motivation industry exists. Yeah. yeah. So, so ultimately, they, they need to be, you know, if you wake up every day and you're dreading doing whatever you're doing or going to whatever you've got to go to, then you've got to make a change because you've only got one life. So do you want to, you know, you're guaranteed to get to the end of it with regrets if you ended up doing something you didn't want to do forever. Absolutely. And, and you're right. If you go back, you say about, you know, about the, um, the motivational industry, well, that's the whole knowledge industry is that it's, it's coming to its peak. And it's going to change so much in these next 10 years where I feel that um, they were going to take what are the best of the last perhaps 100 years from the knowledge industry. And it's going to be refashioned to fit the millennials coming through. You know, the, we've got the post millennials coming through. It's going to really fit to refashion into their mindset um, because these guys, these millennials coming through are amazing thinkers. Um, and they're not interested in the doing. They're just big thinkers, you know, yeah, these guys. Yeah. So, so it, and that's what I love. I think that the whole knowledge industry is going to change massively over the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, because it it's got to accommodate, you know, the synthetic uh, digital industry. So well, it, it yeah, I've been, I've been teaching older uh, people than me, really, older entrepreneurs, how to embrace technology. And soon I'm going to be teaching younger entrepreneurs on how to embrace communication and, you know, handshaking and, you know, all the stuff that I did years ago before, before we did the, the, the technology. Like, you know, that's, that's the way I see my business going is that what's the older generation of, you know, the, 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 the say 50 to 60 year olds, you know, are, are all retired. And there's not those people that need handholding through technology again, which a lot of them are going to need rapidly now because they've decided to embrace the technology, but some still haven't embraced it, still won't, and, and we'll be retiring soon. But then, you know, I'll be getting older then, another sort of 42 now, 45, 50. And then I, I see the market for me then is actually just teaching people how to speak on a phone, you know, how to <laughs> ask questions, you know, how to shake a hand. Uh, <laughs> You're so right. I mean, it takes me right back. I have two daughters here. My, my eldest one, 20. We went through a handshaking workshop only, only a couple of weeks ago. So I actually teaching her now. Now this is what a handshake feels like because they are so limp. These yeah. twenty shakes, you know, they they shake your hand and it's like it's like what if I could like poo on my hand or something? If I got, I just burnt you because it's so limp. So I was like, so I'm teaching her saying now, you when you go in, you go in because yeah. you put energy into it. And she was telling me then, you know, that she went for an interview. She said, Dad, I've got to practice my handshake. You know, it's just surreal. But but on the back of that, she phoned me the other the other day. She says, Dad, someone's at the door. I said, we'll answer it. But I don't know what it is. I said, well, you find out when you answer it. She's 20. She says, oh, I don't know. I said, well, download a friggin' app on your phone which says how to answer the door. I said, and let me know where you've gone. Search it on watch a YouTube video. <laughs> Then she texts me, she says, oh, he's gone now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I won the postcode lottery, but she was too frightened to answer the door. 
that is actually, you know, because I'm, I'm about spotting gaps in the market and I see that gap coming, like, you know what I mean? I see that gap coming, telesales, you know, uh, you know, how to conduct a meeting, face-to-face, all that sort of stuff. That's where the gap's going to be coming soon. It's not, not big enough at the moment and the guys in that space who need that help haven't got the budgets right now. But as soon as they got the budgets, I'm going to be in there getting it off them because they're going to need it and I'd love to help them, you know, get, get better at uh, being human. If you like, you know. but but also, you know, what you were saying about the twenty-year-old uh, kids there, the daughters and stuff. Well, we already had, I, we already had tough handshakes because we was out playing all the time anyway. Like you know, so I, we we already knew how to grip things, and we used to play with balls and sports and all the rest of that. But the kids these days, you know, they're on apps and they're online and they're on games and stuff. So they, you know, they, they need to get a bit of, uh, you know, powered into that grip by by going out and doing something, living a life, and you know. And, that's one thing which I think has, has happened a bit, you know, with some, some of that generation is uh, during the lockdown, because they've been locked in, they've wanted to go out and, and, and go and explore and stuff. So, so hopefully uh, they, they'll start realising that outdoors is good. But, but <laughs> mind you, a lot of the teenagers are just in their bedroom, you know, on, on TikTok. They are. They, they, Mike, they're in, they, boys look more like girls now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a big, my girlfriend, my, sorry, my daughters have boyfriends and things. And, and, I, and I said, I said to Deb, man, boys look more like girls, you know, they fluff with their hair and they cream up and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, not a wrong thing. And I'm not, I'm not sexist or anything in any way. It's like, but lads, you know, toughen up a bit, get a bit of broad shoulder, get a bit of crap on your hands and give a good handshake. Yeah. You know, stop. Yeah, yeah. a man hug. Freaking have a man hug. You know, nothing yeah. wrong with a man hug. You know, grab him, give him a big tap on the shoulder, big hug in. That's a man hug. It's good for you. It's, yeah. it's healthy to do it, you know? For a man to be manly and a woman to be womanly, but I think everyone these days, everyone's frightened to be one thing or the other. You've got to be neutral in everything, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm that way. like a man to be a man and a woman to be a woman, like, you know? But so, you only. You only got to see the, the questions on application forms these days, you know? Yeah. When you ask about the sexuality, man, there's a whole range. It's not just man or woman anymore, you know? It's like, it's a, it's a whole range of everything. But, yeah. but there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great that people can express and, and we can have this kind of, of choice. Whether it's exaggerated or not, we can have this choice. But at the same time, it's like, let's not take away, you know, the, the actual physicality of the togetherness of what it what it means to actually work with someone whilst we are really pushing hard now this digital world and and creating you know putting the world on a pinhead because it's that small but let's also remember that the power of 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 handshake the power of a hug the power of of just face-to-face saying to say you know Mike, you are bloody good at what you do. You're amazing at what you do. That share of gratitude and, and, and taking that gratitude. So many people give gratitude back where they say, oh, you know, Mike, you're brilliant. Ah, I know, mate. No, what you should say, well, yeah, of course, thank you. I'm aware of that. And I appreciate you saying that. That, uh, that is just also, you know, it makes me feel better about myself. It's important that we, we enjoy our bragging rights to other people whilst people brag back to us. It's, you know, these things are so becomes sort of fashion. Uh, it's it's surreal, but I, I think yeah, the importance of that of that um, physicality is yeah. also important. Even yeah, though I yeah. I don't want face to face in my office, you know, I'm happy yeah. doing remote. No, but you know, yeah, I think there's room for everything. I, I I'm a Libra anyway, and I, I'm about a balance in life. I'm not neutral though, you know. I think you can have a balance in life without. I'm much more like 
I'll go on the, the pop all day, yeah, and then not drink for a week or whatever. You know what I mean? That's that's the balance, not neutralize everything. So there's no balance. You know, you're just yeah. in the middle and there's not one extreme or the other. You know, it's like, you know, you can you can both be, you know, manly and and, and strong, but you can also be sensitive and, and emotional yeah. and and whatever, you know, you don't have, but, but there's different times that we can be different people, but we don't have to sort of like say, well, you can't, you can't be manly and you can't be womanly and you can't, you know, care about the environment and you can't not care about, you know, and we all got to fit in the middle because that's just like, we're all just boring, neutral beings. And, you know, I love the extremes of people and, you know, I love any feminine men and I like very um, strong women, I like them all equally the same. It's yeah. down to us all to be however we want to be, but neutralizing everything and just making everything, you know, taking off all the sides of everything. And that just, to me, it just sort of uh, makes the world a less interesting place, like, you know? I, I love this conversation because there's been so many edges to it. And then we've ended up almost kind of um, debating it. It's been fantastic. I love it. I really do. But I think, um, you know, as moving forward, into the year now for me and Deb, um, and into our, you know, our accolade, executive business coaching for us. Um, it's really about how we can um, become a bigger part in, with our clients' businesses. That's where we go in now, I think, over the next um, 12 months is becoming more of a, um, I suppose, a not a familiar face, but more of a face that's employed into, I suppose, our products, our contracts, rather than just be a contract. That's where we're going now over the next 12 months. We're really excited about it, Mike. You know, it's, it's a change because for 16 years, I've been that person that's dropped in as a stranger, done what I needed to do, left, and then come back as a stranger, you know. And now, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of done with that kind of having to reaffirm trust with people and uh, I just want to be more planted now, I think, for the next 10, 15 years uh, moving forward. And I'm excited about that. Okay, good. And you say you teach soft skills. What are the main soft skills that you teach? What are the main soft skills that you get asked to teach at the moment? I think that the most important soft skill that we get to teach is, um, I'm going to say, awareness. Now, awareness is a very overused word, just like, you know, oh God. A like empathy, yeah, a bit like empathy as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, success is a very overused word. It's stretched so much. But awareness, for sure. So really what awareness does is, so when we go in, we look, so let's say we've got a, a group of salespeople. So you're a salesman, you'll know this. So we've got a group of salespeople. What we do there is really create, first of all, get an understanding of each person's fear of sale. Because even if you're a salesperson, there's going to be, because what we find is, um, I think, oh God, it was a while ago when I did work with the last sales team, um, so there's this chap, he would, he would absolutely be flying, flying, flying. And you would see, you know, he got into this, this energy where he was really, really doing well. And then what he does, he get to a point where he's just set back. I've hit my target. Now I'm okay. I'm done. And that's actually the... But his targets are too low. Yes, in that sense, yes. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> once, once, once a leader, always a leader, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> yeah, but, I can spot that. I spot that a mile away. No, because some people they they'll work, work, work like a dog till their target, and then just switch off. So yeah. just, you've got to push, push them, push that target up, keep keep them striving. A lot of people, their targets are set by their environment. They're set by what they think their target should be, rather than what they're capable of. And actually, why you should set your targets is what you're capable of, you know? So, 
So yeah, so what we do is we look at the, where, where are those stop points? And I'm not talking about targets, but that individual, you will, there'll be a, it's like when you roll a ball on, on a straight floor, you don't realize it started slowing down until that point that you might see, your eye sees it, even though it started slowing down way before then. We work on that way before then of that person. Of, because what it'll do is there's, there's, there's triggers in us, triggers and traits in us, money blocks in us, sales blocks in us, business blocks in us. We work on that. They're part of the person as to, okay, let's, let's really look at that. Given 1% that he started stopping on, when the company recognized it, maybe 30% he started stopping on, if that makes sense. So that's all about soft skills. That's all about intent, that is. If we go into a business, generally what we'll do is we'll look at... Um, not, we look at how it is each person is getting the best out of the next person. So effectively, if I'm working with you, you, I don't wanna, you don't want to be looking how you're getting the best of you, but how are you, what are you doing to get the best out of me? And we really dig into those layers and fine tune that. So we create what we call the edge of brilliance. That yeah. edge of brilliance, so it really elevates then the quality of think. So and when, what that means then, so everybody in the business has a seat value. So let's say, let's say you're employed in a business and you get paid 80K a year. So for that 80K a year, they've employed you for your past experience for 80K, not for what you've got right now. So that 80K, so now you have to give back 250K's worth of ideas in order to increase your seat value annually in our business. Otherwise, they're losing money. So our job is going to work with individuals to increase their seat value. The seat value is a current salary that's paid from the past experience. So, while, so how we increase our seat value is we work on the value, the, 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 the fitness of they think, how they think in, what are they thinking, and how then they are creating ideas, values. So we have exercises that, that force an individual to think in a way they never used to think because their job is to bring back double your salary in ideas. Yeah. That's just ideas, not just actions. Your actions is what you're getting paid for past. Double the, salary in, double the salary in ideas to that business. So you've got a team of 10 that get paid, I don't know, a million pound in, in, um, in salary, then they should be bringing in a hundred million pounds worth of idea value. Yeah. We make that happen. Okay, good. And there's another Brian Tracy, or I think it might be Jim Rohn uh, 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 strategy on that as well, which is if you sit down and you write 20 ideas down on a piece of paper and you pick the best one every day in, in, in a, a level of something you want to do to become more successful in whatever you're doing, if you implement that one every day, then by the end of the year, you've implemented 365 new good ideas and strategies to help you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. And if you do that, you know, constantly, forever, you'll always be way further off and way more developed down the line than you would be now. And that's something I'm about to just implement. I only learned it yesterday or the day before, but I'm an ideas person. So I like the idea of that because I know I'll come up with some gold if I sit down just for five minutes and write down 20 ideas every day, 20 ideas how to, you know, become a global speaker, 20 ideas how to make my podcast get more downloads, you know, 20 ideas how to, you know, um, get more meetings with people, whatever, you know, if you, it's bound to happen, isn't it? If you stick 20 good ideas down, there'll always be one gold one, like, you know? But the, yeah, but the thing is, I mean, also, I, I absolutely agree, because I do, a, in my vision form every night, I do a, an idea that I did, that I created in the day, and then a new idea for tomorrow. 
And so I do that daily uh, for many, many, many months or years actually. But in the, what we do in the business is that they, they, they understand these ideas there, Mike, but what they don't know is they don't know how to implement them into a process yeah. where actually generate then and build on that bottom line that's and that's what we do we put in the we build the formulas so they can actually put these processes in so it's not just the leadership team but there are groups of people then that are increasing their seat value every year uh, yes, through- no, what, you, what you do is quite similar to me I, I, I do that a lot either myself or for other people i teach them systems to follow for marketing so that they can get a lot more out of their marketing you know so <laughs> Because it's all about a system that creates lots of action and activity because you can have the right idea and the right plan, but unless you actually go through the right idea and the right plan with the right actions, you know, which follow following a day, day-to-day ritual or system, yeah, then, then it's just ideas, isn't it? Like, you know, but um, I'm conscious of time because I know we've both got other things to do. So um, how do people get in touch with you, Paul, if they want to uh, find out more about you and get involved in what you do? Happy days, yeah. So um, our website is accoladeacademy.co.uk. Um, of course, email paul at accoladeacademy.co.uk. Um, I have a mobile, 07403787454. Um, Facebook, Paul Reese Accolade. LinkedIn is Paul Reese Accolade. Um, you'll find me out there. I've, I've got my arms spread out all over the place there. So um, if, if, if not, just drop me a, drop an email. I'll always get back to you guys for sure. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing, Mike. I've loved this time with you. I knew it was going to be a bubbly time um, because of who you are as a person. You know, I've only met you these last couple of weeks, but thank you ever so much for giving me your time and your space. No problem. And thanks for coming on to my podcast. And, and if you've got any contacts in the States or anywhere at all where they'd like to come on my podcast and have a chat with me, I'm always looking to reach out to, to more and new and interesting people. So uh, bear that in mind. If, you, know, you said you do a bit of work with people in the States. So you know, I, I'm trying to become a global speaker. So I want to be known by as many people as I can on the planet. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for coming on. I knew it was going to be a bubbly conversation as well because you know, when you get two balls of energy pulling together, it creates another third, you know, compound effect ball of energy. So, uh, so yeah, keep up the good work. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably see you later, I guess, on the John D. Martini event. Yeah, John sure. D. Martini's awesome. I love John. So, uh, Dr. John. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. When I, I was at a real world event with him last year, and that was a really good event. So, um, so yeah, thanks for coming on. Have a great day. And there's nothing else left for me to say other than have a great day. I know I will. And thanks very much for listening. Bye, answer, man. Cheers. Bye-bye.